The Razorback basketball team wins their eighth game in a row over Mississippi State on Saturday. Why a lot of the older and younger Razorback fans seem to be turning against each other in a little preview of the number one team coming to town on Tuesday. It's all coming up on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend as uh, I did. I think most Razorback fans probably did, considering uh, the good news and uh, everything going on that's been in a positive light, at least for uh, the Razorback basketball team and what they were able to do over the past really month and a half and keeping it going by winning eight straight games, now sitting at 18-5 and five on the season, 7-3 and three in conference, Tied for third, or yeah, tied for third in the SEC with Tennessee, which we know that they play Tennessee twice this year. Kentucky, just one game behind Kentucky, and of course, Auburn coming to town on Tuesday night, the number one team in the country. So I was thinking about just this game and how Arkansas has gotten to this point where they continue to just play really good defense. I think that's what it really comes down to. It's just Arkansas is playing really good defense, and they have found ways to win in different variations. Because against Mississippi State, I think if you know anything about Ben Howland's teams and know anything about the matchup that Arkansas had against Mississippi State, you'll know that it's always going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a slugfest. It's not going to be a pretty game because I think Ben Howland does a really good job of coaching his guys defensively, causing problems for some of the best players uh, for the other teams as well. Uh, may not be the most talented team, but definitely a well-coached team. And that's kind of what you got in this game as well, where Arkansas, you know, they didn't shoot the ball particularly well, 37%, uh, did go four of 19 from three-point land, 21% is not good. Even free throw line, 13 of 22 for 59%, that ain't cutting it. But uh, what it came down to, though, was your defense once again, where you didn't have a great offensive game, but your defense is what set you aside, where you held another opponent to under 35% shooting from the field. You held another opponent to under 60 points, You've done that so well on this stretch, and you continue to build upon it, and your defense has really stepped up and been elevated to where that alone is what's going to keep you in these games and even keep you winning these games as well. And so going to the end of the game, though, it, it just seemed like Arkansas could not pull away. They would, no matter if it was in the first half or second half, they would get like an eight-point lead, and then it would diminish. And then they'd get an eight-point lead, and then they would diminish. In fact, if you look at the stats, Mississippi State, the only time they led in this game was like with 17 minutes to go in the first half. Like they never led in the second half. Arkansas led the majority of the game, but they just couldn't pull away for whatever reason. And luckily for Arkansas, though, at the end, they were able to mount another one of those stretches where they, they went on a run, got up eight points, and then never really looked back because the time ran out. It's like I think that if you would have played another five minutes, in that game, Mississippi State probably would have climbed back. They probably would have maybe even tied the game, but uh, that's not the way it works. So Arkansas gets the victory, and they move on too as well. And just because, you know, like with, in this game, 
You know, J.D. Note did not have a great game. In fact, pretty poor game. He had 14 points, but he's 4-16 from the field, 0-6 from three, 6 of 9 from three uh, from the free throw. He did get six rebounds, four assists, and two steals and a block. So that was nice. But overall, just won a great game out of him. And Jalen Williams, 10 points, nine rebounds. Kind of a classic game out of him. Four of nine shooting, so so not that great. Uh, but, you know, the, the difference, too, in what has made this so much fun over at least the past few games is that you know that Jalen Williams is great. You know, J.D. Note is great. And you know that Adisi Tony is phenomenal defense. He doesn't get talked about enough. I don't think he gets enough credit. But that guy, they hit, like they switched him in the second half on Molinar, and he did such a better job than uh, than what the other guys were doing in the first half. So he's a great defensive player, and you know that. Like you know all this about it. But the fact that you're having a guy like Chris Likes actually playing much better. He, he, in this game, he had ten points. He was four of eight from shooting, uh, two of three from the three point line. Did get two rebounds, two assists, two steals, and no turnovers. Like that's that's what we talked about after the Georgia game of what we liked about him and what you want to see more of him. And I'm hoping that uh, he can continue on with that type of play, even in the short period of time that he did play in this game. He ended up playing 20 minutes roughly. So if you can just count on him to be able to put together a stat sheet like that, I think, I think the Razorbacks will probably – win a lot of games, not just based on their defense, but also having some guard that can come in and, and provide a spark if J.D. Note needs to go out or whatnot. Now, the shot he took at the end, let's talk about that. The shot he took at the end, which was the dagger, which was the, a three-pointer, and, and buried it and ended up kind of being the, the last nail in the coffin there for Arkansas. Let's all be clear. That was the stupidest, dumbest, most ill-advised shot I have ever seen in my life. In my life. Arkansas had a three-point lead. There were roughly about 29 seconds left on the game clock. 19, 18, 19 seconds left on the shot clock, and he fires a three with Arkansas up by three. I immediately thought about in Major League, you know, when, uh, for those of you who've seen the movie, Willie Mays Hayes, when he catches that ball all fancy and stuff, and everyone's cheering, and they come back to the dugout, and Lou Brown, the manager says, nice catch, nice catch. Don't ever bleep and do it again. You know, that's what this reminded me of with uh, with Chris Likes and, and that shot because I'm sure Musk was like, hey, nice shot, nice shot. Don't ever bleep and do it again. Like that, that is something that, man, you just, oof. if you would have missed that shot, could you imagine like what, I think that Musk may have gone out and choked him out. And if you saw the reaction of when he let it go, like Jalen Williams like steps back, he's like, what are you doing? Everybody did that. But the best shots are the made shots, and this one was a made shot, so therefore uh, I'll take it all day long. But, man, don't do that anymore, Chris Likes. Never again. I, don't, I mean, you made it, and that's great, but do not do that. I don't, I don't even know what he was thinking. I don't know what was going through his mind. Uh, I, I think I guess he wanted to do that dagger thing, but you got to be smart. you got to be smart with that, so let's not see that again. But Arkansas, they got to increase the free throw percentage. they got to up that a little bit more. Um, but they just keep finding ways to win, no matter if it's a great game out of particular players or just their defense or whatnot. They're hitting their stride, and they're fully into the NCAA tournament once again. Joe Lenardi's bracketology hasn't come out officially today, but I would guess that Arkansas is probably in the eight-seed range right now. And if you found a way, which we'll talk about at the end of this podcast, but if you found a way to beat Auburn, the number one team in the country, hit them their first SEC loss of the season, I, I mean, I, I know you got Alabama on the road coming up next, but 
you you'll be uh, pretty high up in that NCAA tournament rankings. You'll probably be getting to a five six seed if that's the case. So, but again, we'll talk about that. But still, uh, an overall really good performance by Arkansas, keeping this stretch going, keeping things going on when it comes to uh, playing really good defense and you know making good plays, making good decisions for the most part. Besides Chris Light's shot, uh, I, I love it, and they, I think that they've really figured it out. I think Muss has figured it out, and I think that they're finally starting to understand what it takes to win in this conference and to count on each other in the roles that they play as well. Uh, Bet online as you covered this season with more props, odds, lines than ever before as football continues to march through the playoffs right to the big game here coming up this weekend. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has an up-to-minute and on pro and college hoops info, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates on current games. So don't wait to take advantage of the amazing new offers available for the 2022 season. Head over to betonline.net where the game starts. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so uh, for this segment, this is something that I did not ever think or plan to talk about here on this podcast. But how I do a lot of my segments here is that I like to see what people, Razorback fans in particular, are all talking about in general via social media. Because I feel like the majority of the podcast listeners that I have are probably on social media as well. So if Razorback fans are talking about it and it's on social media and there's a lot of people involved, I think it's worth discussing. So it may seem like a very dumb topic, but it's one that has been going on at least for the couple of weeks now, where you basically have uh, the Razorback fan youths, youths, you know, if you've watched my cousin Vinny, the youths versus the olds. Because for whatever reason, it's gotten to a point to where there's been a lot of frustrations coming from the student body, or at least the, the younger of people, where they don't feel like the old people are as involved in the game don't feel like they're as loud, feel like they're just sitting on their hands, not doing anything. Like there's there's just this there's this moniker about that that's going on that uh, students are calling out some of the olds for this. And then on the other side of it, you have the olds calling out the youths and saying that, hey, you what do you know about this? Your students, we pay their money, like we can do whatever we want, we can sit in our seats the way we want to sit. And, you know, you don't know anything about Bud Walton Arena. You don't know anything about Razorback games. You've just been coming here since uh, you were, uh, you know, you were like a, you know, like a kid, like you just been coming here since you were a student. It's just, it's stupid. It's stupid to have this argument and it's stupid to have this back and forth between fans and everything where, uh, like I saw somebody put up a video of the kind of the, the Mississippi State player shooting a free throw and split on this side was the students going crazy, distracting them and everything. And on this side, the, the the older people or the season tickets holders, if you will, were just sitting there not doing anything. So it's like those are the types of things that they're bringing up and, and, and discussing and trying to you know point fingers at who or what or where or how and, and all those things as well. So it's just been really dumb. And I have been asked about this from all sides and I've offered my opinions on it, which some people agree with, some people don't. but. Here, here's my two cents on the matter of this topic that, again, does not matter. It should not matter. 
but it is it is going on because the student body thinks that they need to have a better location in the in the arena instead of where they're at all, all those things as well and here's my my two cents on the matter when it comes to fans especially the ones that have been at bud walton arena and all that for you the students yes you are the energy of that place the rest of the arena feeds off of you because you feed off the play if there's a great play there you it feeds into you and you are the younger generation because so you have a lot more energy maybe you got liquid courage in you as well and all those things mixed together, it, it brings up the energy and then it spreads throughout the arena. So you are responsible for that element. You are responsible for that part. And I agree that the wit and I hope and wish one day that Bud Walton Arena would have better student seating when it comes to the location. Location is pathetic. It is the most egregious student section seating in all of the SEC. Because uh, not only is it in a corner, but it's on the opposite side where in the second half, the opposing teams go in the opposite direction. And it's not it's not the menacing thing that it needs to be. So that has to change. Now, I don't know what would be best. I don't know if you would just put it um, you know, on the other side and have it about 10 rows back across the whole court and you know, have uh, students there. And I don't know if you do that. I don't know if you go on you know, both sides of the goal and have them behind the goals. I, I don't know. I don't want to sit here and try to say, like, I know what's the right decision for when it comes to student seating and all of that. But it does need to be changed. And it needs to be changed, hopefully, quickly, because I feel like you could be losing a little bit of an advantage of that. But with y'all's energy and, and everything that's being brought to it and the excitement that you're bringing, and the excitement that the team is bringing, uh, I think that you have a legitimate gripe when it comes to the the uh, you know the the lack of seating and in, in the arrangement and all that. But when you're also talking about some of the old people that are either not doing anything, sitting down in their seats or anything like that, is it all the time that people are doing that? No. Is it sometimes? Yes. But I just want to caution a lot of you Utes. And saying that there are a lot of Razorback basketball fans that have been going to those games for a long time that do bring the energy. But just because they're not standing up the entire game and they're hooting and hollering and getting wild with it the entire game, like y'all are, does not mean that they are just sitting on their hands the whole time. It does not mean that they aren't bringing the energy. Like, I think that that's a very... It's a very stupid remark to even or an argument to even have that you feel like they're doing that. That's not the case at all. Like they're bring, they're bringing it in their own way. And again, I'm not saying that they're always doing it the way they should be doing it, but they do their part and they've been there for a long time and they know what makes Bud Walton Arena special. So also talking to you olds out there for getting after the students for for all that stuff, whatever. I know that's that's up to you of whether or not you want to argue it, but. I do believe, and I've done the podcast on it last week, I was a little disappointed in the lack of people that were sitting in their prime seats if they had season tickets. That's a problem. And, and that's something that needs to be fixed and addressed pretty quickly because how stupid is it going to be when Auburn, number one team, comes into town and you got 19,000, know, close to 19,200, but yet right there in the prime spot of the television viewing audience, you see behind the scores table a patch of empty seats. Like, that can't happen. And I think that it needs to be something that builds up, that's something that people get excited about, that's something that people 
bring the energy on because when the product's good on the court, everybody's bringing it and everybody's having a good time and that's great. But I think that some of the older people that, you know, go to these games as well, you need to show up and you also need to be energized and you don't need to, to look down upon the students for stuff that they're doing. You know, when, when they do shark and saw or something like that, don't think it's dumb, like whatever it takes to get those kids and, and get the energy there. Now I don't think they should do it for Kentucky because the shark outfits are blue and white and Kentucky's blue and white. I think that's really dumb. So I wouldn't do that, but you know, if they do shark and shark and saw or whatever, or if they do certain chants, let them do it, let them have fun with it because they're bringing it. They're the energy and all that. So don't always just sit upon your pedestal and just be like, I don't agree with any of this. Back in my day, we didn't have to do that. And we had Jim Robkin, which if I hear Jim Robkin's name again, I'm going to punch somebody because that's all the old people talk about. The old band directors like he was great. Okay. That was 20 years ago. It's over. Like things have changed. Times have changed. Games have changed. Broadcasts have changed. Production's changed. Marketing's changed. Everything's changed. You can't just say, oh, band director, go out us and, and be the gesture and, and entertain us. And then just assume that's going to be brought. Like you can't do that either. It just you come to a compromise and come to an understanding of each other. And remember, at the end of the day, everybody's Razorback fans. They want the Razorbacks to win. They all want to bring energy. They all want to get excited about it. So put down the swords of this little civil war that you guys are having and just enjoy the ride and enjoy the game for what you got going on. So this has been going on again for the past couple of weeks, especially. And then over this weekend, it seemed to really get people fired up and start arguing with each other and all that stuff. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Maybe it's above my pay grade. I just feel like, hey, you shut up. You shut up. Get together. Get it going. Get on the same page, shut up again, and then go be loud at Bud Walton Arena. Is that too much to ask? I don't think it should be. New Year's resolutions, right? We got through those, right? We're already through a month of January. We're heading into February, and I know that a lot of us are still trying to keep it trucking with those New Year's resolutions, but some of us may have already given up. You know, this is, it's tough, but not this year, right? But not this year. You're not going to be giving up on that. Stick to your New Year's resolution of eating right and make sure that you thank Built Bar for doing it. It's the best way to be able to maintain that healthy weight, to be able to lose weight if you're trying to as well, and also be able to have something that tastes amazing, that's extremely healthy for you in all different flavors as well. Have you tried the puffs? If you're not, you're missing out on one of the best Built Bars out there, which I completely agree. It's incredible. It's the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy and marshmallowy. That's not a word. I'm making it one. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered on 100% chocolate with low calorie and high protein. So you can go and replace all your other junk food with these bars, and they'll taste incredible, be healthier, and you'll want to eat them as well. And right now, if you go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order. It's as simple as that. It doesn't matter how many you order. doesn't matter how many you, you try to get, different types, different variations, whatever. Just go to build.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your entire order. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so the final segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, Arkansas-Auburn coming up. Tuesday night, which I know tomorrow on the podcast, we'll probably go into a deeper dive of previewing and uh, we'll be able to have maybe a guest on there as well. And, uh, you know, we'll be able to find different things and fun things to do with it as well. But still, 
Uh, we know that this is, without a doubt, the biggest game of the season for Arkansas. It's been a long time since they've had a game like this magnitude coming into Bud Walton Arena. And in fact, the stat is, which is still mind-blowing to me, that is going to be the first time ever that Arkansas has had the number one team in Bud Walton Arena as a, an opponent, because I know they were number one themselves. But the first time they've ever had a number one in the country opponent come into Bud Walton Arena ever. They've had it at Barnhill only twice, uh, but this is the first time in Bud Walton Arena. So we already know how big this game is, and we know how important it is and, and all that stuff. But just to give a little bit of a stat breakdown and looking at the difference between these two teams. Auburn averages 80 points a game. Arkansas averages close to 79 points a game, so really close there. Auburn's given up 66 points a game. Arkansas has given up 68 points a game, which, you know, I, I don't want to always just look at the, you know, small sample sizes, but Arkansas is 68 points per game. It's a lot different from what they've been doing in this eight-game win streak because they've only been giving up like 59 points a game. So take that for whatever you want. Uh, field goal percentage is almost identical. 55, 45% Arkansas with a slight edge at 45.5. Rebounding is nearly identical. Uh, Auburn rebounds in 39 like, per game. Arkansas, 38 per game. Assist. Arkansas averages 15 assists per game, 15.2 assists per game. Auburn's 14.7. So half a point there in favor of Arkansas. Steals. Pretty close, pretty even. Auburn's really good at getting steals. They have nine steals per game. Arkansas has 8.2 steals per game. So pretty much across the board, it's pretty even, except in one category. Blocks per game. Arkansas is a decent team at getting block shots. Like, they're not the best, but they're pretty decent. They're averaging 4.4 blocks a game. Uh, you know, that's that's about, I wouldn't say that's in the middle of the pack, maybe a little slightly above the pack in the SEC, but they're, they're doing okay. Auburn, though, is averaging 8.5 blocks per game. You're talking about nearly double the blocks per game for Arkansas which is going to be interesting considering how Arkansas is a team that likes to drive, that likes to get fouled, that likes to go to the free throw line, and they're not exactly the biggest team, especially down low. How are they going to deal with that great defense from Auburn when it comes to blocking shots? How are they going to maintain some sort of balance to make this all work? How are they going to you know, try to be still be aggressive but by not being stupid, you know, by not just turning the ball over inside, by not just trying to throw something up and hope you get fouled and hope the refs bail you out, how are you going to handle that? That's going to be the key. I think Arkansas can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with them pretty much in any and every regard uh, when it comes to the game of basketball. But the fact that Auburn is so good at blocking shots and also not committing a lot of fouls, they don't commit a lot of fouls, that might be the biggest difference in this game. And let's be honest, too, it's going to be about how these officials call this game. I you know, we spent a whole time talking about a, uh, SEC officiating. I thought the, the officiating in that game on Saturday was abysmal because it was so inconsistent and terrible. So uh, both sides, too, not just for Arkansas, but both sides. So I, I'll be curious to see how it's officiated. Hopefully you don't have to worry about it being a foul fest. I always feel like the biggest games in Bud Walton where the most eyes are on it are always foul fest, you know, end up getting like 48 fouls or something like that. Hopefully that doesn't happen this time. Hopefully the officiating crew ends up being somewhat competent and hopefully it's decided on the court and not outside of it. But I really like Arkansas's matchup in this as far as they're, they're perfectly capable of winning, but can they keep it going? Cause Auburn is going to bring it, man. And you know, Auburn hasn't looked good. They didn't look good against Georgia. Almost lost that game over the weekend. They look bad against Missouri on the road. They do not play very well. And I'm saying, well, 
they don't bring their A game on the road like they have at home, which I know a lot of teams don't, but I'm hoping that maybe this is the time that Arkansas can finally catch them and finally put them in that bad place and be able to take advantage of it and be that team that finally beats Auburn. How great would that be? How great would that be? Got to wait, though. Got to let the game happen. Got to let it go all go down. But um, I'm hyped for this, and I can't wait to get up there to Bud Walton Arena because I know the atmosphere is going to be electric. Appreciate everybody listening in to Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.